This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. Hi, I'm Ryder Taff, Portfolio Manager at New Perspectives, a fee-only financial advisory and co-host of Money Talks. Each week, we take your personal finance questions and tell you about a money topic we hope you find helpful. Money Talks can be heard Tuesdays at 9 a.m. on MPB Think Radio. Podcasts can be found on our website, money.mpbonline.org, or on your smart devices podcasting platform. Welcome to In Legal Terms from MPB Think Radio, the show all about you and your rights. Our host is Professor Richard Gershon of the University of Mississippi School of Law. I'm Liz Gill. Well, while we're getting Professor Gershon on the line, I'm going to welcome our guest. It's attorney Baskin Jones. Thank you so much for joining us today. Glad to be here. Tell us a little bit about your background. Yes, I'm a Born and raised in Mississippi, uh, I went to law school at Ole Miss, and uh, Professor Gershon was the dean during my tenure at the law school, but moved right back to Jackson, and I've been practicing for the last 12 years here in Jackson. My practice is all about injured people, so car wrecks, slip and falls, medical negligence, all of those items fit into what we do day to day. We always represent individuals, uh, usually suing insurance company. Sorry, Commissioner Cheney, but uh, that is the majority of our practice, and uh, we uh, enjoy the process of making sure that people get what they need uh, as at the end of the day in these injury claims. And our uh, attorney, our guest, Baskin-Jones, mentioned uh, Commissioner Cheney, because uh, earlier today on Money Talks, the insurance commissioner was on the show. So if you would like to find that podcast, you can find the podcast. Professor Gershon, we're glad that you're with us today. Good morning, Liz. How are you? I'm glad, uh, always glad to have uh, work with you and great to have Baskin Jones back on the show today. Um, and, uh, you know, it's exciting to talk about this topic. Uh, it really Hopefully, people are driving carefully as they're listening to the show. But, um, but uh, you know, we're just happy to talk about auto accidents today. Um, and I hope nobody gets into one. But um, good morning, Baskin. How are you? Good morning. Doing well. Uh, yeah, we're uh, we're excited to be here. And uh, yeah, certainly, if you're out there on the roadway, uh, continue to remain vigilant. Well, absolutely. And uh, and maybe. Put down your cell phone while you're driving. I, I don't know about you, but I see a lot of people with you know just who cannot separate themselves from their phones while they're while they're driving, and it's a little bit a uh, little bit worrisome. Uh, but let's talk today. We're talking about the legal implications of auto accidents and why someone would need a lawyer in the event of an auto accident. So when we talk about fault, what do we mean when we say someone is at fault? Right. Well, in a perfect world, you know, we would all drive our vehicles on the roadway and all be completely reasonable human beings. Now, that's not always the case. Uh, People make decisions that are outside of, you know, the standards we think of as best practices. And that would be called negligence. Any variance from uh, those best practices uh, or what a reasonable person would do. So if you are the person who has been unreasonable, if let's say if you're distracted by your cell phone, if you uh, change lanes and weren't sure the other lane was clear, you caused the collision, fault you know, describes that 
the blame for the wreck would be on you and also the financial responsibility for the results of the wreck. Well, that, uh, so when we talk about fault, now, uh, uh, how, can both people be at fault? Is that possible? Right. Well, uh, they can. And in Mississippi, we are what's called a pure comparative fault state. So at some point in these proceedings and this process of the car wreck, uh, there's going to be a determination made, and that's just going to be a percentage. And a percentage assigned to one driver uh, or the other driver and even a third party that uh, – Whoever might have fault for the wreck, whoever might have some responsibility, at some point in this process, a jury is going to be asked to return a percentage. What percentage is driver one? What percentage is driver two? And that uh, will be the breakdown of the financial responsibility as well. If you take the total amount of damage done in a wreck uh, to either party, uh, the breakdown of who is responsible for what part of that damage is going to be that same percentage, the percentage of fault. I'd like to, to back up just a little bit. When we talk about when would an attorney get involved in a car accident? Right. Well, our preference is always day one that the uh, process of gathering information, of making sure that everything that needs to be documented is documented, uh, is a very important part of this process. So uh, ensuring that you know, appropriate medical care happens after a wreck, assuring that uh, you know, this video potentially of an intersection or a video that might be available at a gas station across the street Gathering that sort of information, gathering cell phone records, you're on a timer. And there's going to be a date and uh, in the future where those bits of information just disappear. Sometimes these video systems are on a two-week timer. Cell phone records, it's as little as 30 days sometimes. So uh, if the wreck is a serious one, our involvement on day one makes sense uh, because the amount of uh, complex uh, issues that might come up and the need to gather information, especially if you know there's any doubt in anyone's mind about how a wreck occurred. Uh, we're comfortable with complex wrecks. We're comfortable with he said, she said wrecks, uh, wrecks that might happen at an intersection. And uh, you, you hear back from the insurance company, well, we're not sure what happened exactly. We know you say how the wreck happened, but uh, because we're not sure, we're just going to make it 50-50 liability. We're only going to pay for half of your damages to your vehicle because we think we have an argument that uh, you caused at least half of this or you know, we feel comfortable that you're going to have to prove to us otherwise. In that situation, you know, if the insurance company has been reasonable with you, you think, well, it seems like they're taking responsibility and then, you know, eight weeks into the process, you start seeing the real story, the real fact that this insurance company is going to contest uh, your amount of liability and your story in the wreck. And then they're two miles down the road and proving that you're half at fault for this wreck. They've already taken statements from uh, the other driver and any witness and uh, an attorney representing you in that instance uh, the insurance company is always thinking this way. We might not be thinking that way. So that's why it would make sense to have an attorney involved early, even if you know it is a 
seems like it might be a cut and dry or more simple type case, but especially in the ones that are complex. So when you represent someone, a person, you're helping someone because they have had a wreck, would, and there does come a, a legal proceeding, would it be against um, another person, another person's insurance, your client's insurance, or all of the above? Well, uh, the state of Mississippi requires uh, $25,000 of insurance for personal property and bodily injury on every vehicle in order to drive in our state. Uh, that might be a you know too low minimum. It might be that the legislature needs to raise that minimum. And I would tend to agree with them that even in a, uh, let's say, a, what most people would consider a light wreck with soft tissue or, you know, your neck hurts the day after the wreck, you know, even the documentation in that first hospital visit, you are suddenly pushing uh, fourteen or $15,000 total damages in that wreck, even in a very simple wreck. So in instances where it's more injury, uh, more damage to these vehicles, suddenly uh, you're beyond those state minimums of what insurance coverage would cover. So it's always against an insurance company uh, because we require insurance in Mississippi. Uh, and there's you know problems against going against an individual. Uh, we, typically, we depend on these insurance companies to cover what they said that they would cover when they wrote the policy, whether it be for the other driver's coverage or your own coverage if you carry uninsured motorist coverage. And we recommend everybody do carry uninsured, underinsured motorist coverage on every vehicle on their policy. That that will provide you a safety net regardless of if this other driver has coverage or not. And I think in Mississippi it's up to maybe a third of all drivers aren't carrying the coverage that they're legally required to. So we would take it on ourselves to buy that uninsured or underinsured coverage so you don't end up in a situation where your vehicle has been damaged, you have been injured, and there isn't any coverage for your own injuries. Um, even though you purchased the coverage you were supposed to cover, you need that uninsured, underinsured coverage to make sure you get what you need. Well, I have lots of questions. And if you have lots of questions, this is your day. You can send us an email with your questions. Our address is legalterms at mpbonline.org. We're discussing insurance with our guest Baskin Jones and collisions and who's at fault and negligence. Do you enjoy snooping around on the Internet? <laughs> I know I do. And I want to find out what I shared, and I'll let you know that next. This is In Legal Terms. Now, not everybody has a chance to listen to our show live. So if you've missed any of our program, you can listen to the whole show from our website, inlegalterms.mpbonline.org. Our host is Professor Richard Gershon from the University of Mississippi School of Law. I'm Liz Gill. You know, sometimes when I'm sitting at a computer, I'll start clicking on a website that'll get me thinking of another topic. So I'll go look up that information. And if you find yourself going down rabbit holes, you'll love visiting the Mississippi Insurance Department's website. Really, there is just so much information to learn out there that you'll enjoy clicking away. 
I'll have a link to their site on the show information for this broadcast. We're talking about uh, vehicle collisions with our guest, Attorney Baskin Jones. There's such an important topic, and, uh, you know, we realize that the way we get around, especially uh, without a lot of public transportation, is by our vehicles. So, uh, Baskin, when we talk about drivers being negligent, what are, what are ways that drivers can be negligent? Yeah, well, we brought it up earlier that, you know, and it's become more and more of a hot topic, um, that driver distraction. You know, our cell phones are a part of our daily lives now when we uh, have notifications to check on. We have uh, people that are uh, sending us text messages. We have group chats. We have YouTube videos. Sometimes people are streaming uh, actively as they're driving. All of these situations, uh, our attention is maybe not where it should be. Our attention should be on the roadway and ensuring that we're getting where we're going safely. But driver distraction, either from a device or from uh, other interesting things happening out of outside of our cars, a big cause of wrecks, you know, driving too fast uh, for the situation that you are in, failing to yield to other vehicles, you know, stop sign uh, that came up out of nowhere, you didn't see them. Uh, but some of the categories we don't immediately think of that come up in the cases we work are things like vehicle maintenance, you know, a tire blowout or brake failure. When was the last time this person had their brake serviced? And was that the reason that they rear-ended this other vehicle? Uh, driver fatigue, you know, we have a lot of 18-wheeler wrecks where we go back and look at the last four or five days of logs from these 18-wheeler drivers. They're required to keep a log book of when, when they're resting, when they're on the clock, when they're off the clock. And you'd be surprised how often that load just really needs to get where it's going and we're uh, ignoring these regulations, these requirements on how much rest we need to get, how much off time we need to have because we're you know, serving a customer and they make, made a decision for that driver to be on the roadway even while fatigued or tired, uh, way past what the regulations say. So when we look into the details of these wrecks, there are all sorts of uh, other issues out there that you know you might not think of you know if you're involved in a wreck there's probably 30 different categories that uh, my mind is going through and thinking about the wreck you've just been involved in to explain exactly what happened and where fault for that wreck might lie and if you're an individual that's been involved in a wreck you're at a real disadvantage because uh, the insurance adjuster does the same thing every day he is looking at ways to pay the minimum amount uh, on any claim that hits his desk. That is his job, and he is very good at his job in minimizing the amount of liability, the amount of risk that this insurance company might have. They want to uh, minimize and save the company money, save the shareholders money. So it makes sense in these rec cases to have an experienced car wreck attorney on your side doing the exact same thing that whether you realize it or not, the adjuster is trying to do to you. And, you know, it's interesting because uh, yeah, they're, they're our good neighbor and they're on our side, these insurance companies, while we're paying premiums. But as soon as we need them, uh, then they're really not on our side. They're, and they're working in their best interest. And that is really why you might sometimes need a lawyer who actually is working in your best interest to, yeah. to 
help you figure this stuff out. It's pretty fascinating um, if you look at the uh, amount that they've spent on advertising. Uh, it's a number that grows year to year, and yeah, it serves their interest to convince us that they're our friends, that we don't need an additional outside voice, and you know maybe we don't even want to make a claim because our insurance rates might go up. Uh, you can see why they would be incentivized to do that and to think that way. And uh, your interests are actually probably just the opposite. And, you know, it's interesting. People complain about lawyers a lot. And uh, when you think about it, though, the, the safety features on cars are in large part uh, created not by engineers so much, even though ultimately they were, but by, by lawyers. Because starting with seatbelts and, and going all the way to backup cameras and, and uh, lane, uh, you know, uh, controlled uh devices on cars now that help us uh, keep us from moving into a lane when someone's there. I think those were all the results of, of lawsuits, and it, it became more cost-effective for the car companies to put on those safety features uh, and for uh, the government to require those safety features than uh, to continue to have uh, injuries from not having those features. So I think lawyers do definitely make a difference in the long run uh, in all of our safety and well-being. Um, I'll just put that plug in. Yeah. So, um, <laughs> you know, now, Baskin, you know, how does the different states deal with fault? Right. So I mentioned earlier that Mississippi's system is called pure comparative fault. And in Mississippi, uh, if you were, uh, let's say, 90% at fault for the wreck, and that's the determination of the jury, you will uh, have 90% of the financial responsibility for the damages from the wreck. Uh, the, now, the other person was probably 10% at fault. So the way this system works is you would pay 90% of the damages bill, and they might pay 10% of the damages bill, and that would be the best system, the best way that we've determined to uh, make a fair determination of what should be paid and by whom. That sounds that sounds logical. <laughs> that sounds like uh, the best. Yeah. Well, that uh, we've got a very good system. Our uh, judicial system, you know, whether or not you believe uh, what pundits would say or the typical insurance company uh, line on frivolous lawsuits or attorneys that uh, are magnifying claims, uh, we've got a very good system. And at the end of the day, we end up with a jury of our peers that are the ones that make the calculation. So that is uh, the best system we found to address these issues. Now, Mississippi is in this category. Other states do it differently. There are some states that if you are more than 50% responsible for a wreck, you have a bar to recovery, that any damage done to you uh, just wouldn't be repaid. And insurance companies get a pass in these states when they have an argument that you are 51% at fault for a wreck. Uh, even if it's the stoplight type case where, you know, we're not exactly sure what happens, the insurance company will say, well, we're pretty sure you're 51% at fault. And as a result, uh, what we're going to pay on this wreck is zero. Uh, doesn't seem like the results in this setup would be as good as the pure comparative fault uh, setup that Mississippi has, but this is what some other step states do. Uh, there are other states that are even worse. It's a contributory fault. So if there is evidence that you had any part in the wreck, if you were, 
let's say 10% at fault for the wreck, that would be a bar to recovery uh, in these other states. So insurance companies are, uh, they might not be acting as neighborly in those states as you might be led to believe in other states. But I think as an example that Mississippi has a good uh, system for dealing with these things. It's a logical way to think about attribution of fault and what percentage of fault a particular driver has, and that is the portion of the damages that they would be responsible for. Well, let's talk a little bit about, uh, you know, one thing I've heard when we talk about fault is that the, the car, if there's a rear-end collision, the car in the back is always at fault. Is that, is that true? That might be too simple. Uh, there's uh, oftentimes other contributing factors in wrecks uh, that you need to think about, even in a wreck that might seem as simple as a rear-end collision, that what if the car in front has non-functioning brake lights? They were slowing or stopping, but their vehicle does not have the signal required to show that they are slowing or stopping. Would that driver in the front have a certain percentage of the blame as a result of the state of their vehicle? Often the answer is yes. They come to a sudden, unnecessary stop Let's say they they love wildlife and slam on their brakes uh, from 50 miles an hour and you're traveling behind them unexpectedly just because they saw a deer on the side of the road. I'm not sure that would be reasonable conduct from the car in the front. And so it might very well be the case that that person would have some part of the blame for the wreck. Maybe it's not complete. Uh, Maybe you, the vehicle that is behind that did the rear ending, Uh, would have some portion of the blame. You should have been driving in such a way that you could have uh, avoided a vehicle even slamming on brakes in front of you. But there are considerations. There's things that move the needle either direction on who is going to be at fault or who's found to be at fault for a wreck. And that's my job, that, you know, asking these questions, uh, making facts uh, clear that this is some of the things you should be thinking about and how this wreck occurred, that is a normal part of this process to try to get to the truth of what the accurate percentage of fault might be. This is so very interesting. If you have a question or you have a comment, we would love to get you part of our conversation. We'd love for you to email us your questions. We've got an email coming up. Our address is legalterms at mpbonline.org. We're talking with attorney Baskin Jones about insurance and vehicle collisions. So if you ever need the assistance of an attorney, I will tell you my very favorite way how to find one. That's next. You're listening to In Legal Terms on MPB Think Radio. Professor Richard Gershon is our expert host. I'm Liz Gill. We do hope you'll subscribe to our podcast and also Money Talks podcast. They just recently had Insurance Commissioner Mike Cheney on. So, you know, that one paired with this show's podcast would be a, a great doubleheader. You can also find all of our MPB Think Radio recordings from our website for the station, mpbonline.org slash radio. So if you need an attorney and you don't know what to do, my very favorite place to turn to is the Mississippi Bar's website, msbar.org. Their 
for the public tab has information you can use to select an attorney or find out who might could help you for free if you don't have the resources to pay for an attorney yourself. We're talking about automobile wrecks and insurance and collisions with our guest, Attorney Baskin Jones. Our lines are full. Let's take this email first. This has uh, a lot of moving parts, so uh, Baskin will let you uh, uh, pick it apart once I've read it. Uh, My daughter and her friend were in an automobile accident last Friday on the interstate. The other driver passed them and got into their lane and, for whatever reason, hit their brakes. Thankfully, no one was seriously injured but had to be transported to a hospital by ambulance. I'm assuming that means the the daughter and the friend. My daughter is 18 years of age. Her friend's mom is a paralegal and said that she should sue the insurance provider but needed me to look over some paperwork and sign it because my daughter is a minor. Is that accurate about needing my signature if they follow through? Vehicle was totaled. Thank you. Yikes. Well, uh, this is what we affectionately call a law school exam problem. You know, there's there's some different uh, moving parts in this, and I'll, I'll try to address them just as I'm thinking about them. Uh, she's probably correct. In Mississippi, uh, 18 is not, for car wreck purposes, uh, fully able to uh, sign a release on their own behalf. If the amount of the claim is above a certain level, um, There's some argument both directions on the appropriate process for resolving that claim and whether a judge's approval would be required. So the paralegal is probably right on that front. There very well will be a chancery court judge that would approve the settlement uh, at the end of the process. Now, uh, this is a good example, I think, of a claim where you want to be checked out after a car wreck. Those initial uh, checkout visits to the hospital or to your primary provider provide an incredible amount of information and are good information about your injuries and you know what your next steps might be. You're entitled to this type of diagnostic care. Uh, a lot of times people wake up a day later, two days later, and feel like they got hit by a Mack truck. And maybe they did get hit by a Mack truck. They just didn't feel that way immediately after the wreck. So uh, good idea to go get the diagnostic care to document what happened in this wreck. But also uh, it seems likely that this will be a he said, she said type incident. And it looks like the driver of the vehicle your daughter was in did the rear ending. So just like we talked about these categories, uh, you'll want to have some more eyewitness testimony, have some more facts uh, about how the damage to the vehicles came out to show that this wreck more likely happened the way your daughter and her friend said it happened rather than this other driver who's likely to say, I was rear-ended. All right. I hope that helps our emailer. All right. We've got lots of calls. Uh, Jay, let's go to Randy in Baton Rouge, who's on line four. Randy, thanks for calling in to In Legal Terms today. Our guest is Attorney Baskin-Jones, and we've got Professor Richard Gershon with us. What's your comment or question? 
Thank you. Thank you, first of all, for taking my call. But I, my, my case is simple, and I don't want to take a whole lot of time. But look, my daughter was involved in a three-car accident, and she's 20 years old, and she was in one of my cars that's in my name. She was, she was, uh, she was, the car was told that she was, my car was told. She had a little bruise and scrape, thank God for that. But the insurance, and when I bought that vehicle, the, 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 the dealership put gap insurance on there and, 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 and pulled coverage because I couldn't drive it off the lot without all that. Now, since this accident, the, the dealer is denying that I had gap and denying the other insurance, uh, that was that was put in the note. I did, however, get a letter from the third. It was three cars. Uh, a VWI ran, hit my daughter, and bounced off that truck and hit the third car. The third car insurance contacted me and said they they investigated and they was not at fault with the accident. We do have the police report. The truck was in the wrong, uh, but the truck was uninsured. Uh, my company going to want to pay my daughter expenses. Uh, my company wants to pay my daughter expenses and, and hurt and ambulance and all that stuff for reimbursement. So, but I, but, but I lose a car. Yeah. So, I mean, do, I mean, uh, kind of advise me that. Yeah. Well, you, uh, uh, it sounds like, uh, another similar question with a lot of moving parts. Now, the things I will say to you are, uh, it, it sounds like you've got multiple vehicles in your household, and your own coverage could be uh, your saving grace here. That uh, if you and your household and your daughter is a member of your household and a blood relative, she would have access to any and all of your auto policies and the uninsured or underinsured type coverages that might be available. So while the vehicle itself might not be on your policy because you hadn't added it yet, uh, your daughter's bodily injury very likely will be covered under your uh, policy in your home and any blood relatives policy. So it's a good example of why an attorney looking over the, the large picture of your claim might be worthwhile. Thinking about you were focused on what the dealership's coverage might be on this individual video, and it might be easy to miss the coverage that would be available uh, from the broader policies here. And that, that's a big part of what we do is go and look for available insurance and try to find uh, those coverages that you've bought and paid for that might be able to be used in this instance uh, to really pay for these medical bills, to pay for lost work, and any other ways your daughter has been affected by this wreck. Yes, sir. Thank you, sir. Thank you, Randy. We appreciate you calling in. Uh, next, let's go to Alan in Pearl. Alan, thanks so much for calling in. Uh, welcome to In Legal Terms. What's your comment or question? Yes, um, I've kind of always wondered, um, even though you have a considerable amount of insurance on your automobiles, and, which I know the sky's the limit, um, technically you probably never would have enough, uh, depending on the situation but you know god forbid if you if it is your fault and your insurance even though you have a considerable amount even though it don't doesn't cover all of it does it get into like personal lawsuit and if so is there any statutes or limits 
on what somebody can sue you for beyond that in the state of Mississippi. So your your concern is a common one, and uh, there's a few thoughts here. The first is uh, our, my advice to anyone is uh, if you have assets, if you have uh, personal finances, uh, you need to consider those things when you determine the appropriate level of liability insurance that you are going to carry. Because a car is uh, a heavy uh object in motion that can cause a lot of damage uh, in these car wrecks and cause a lot a lifetime of disability or lifetime of injury so carrying as much coverage uh, as your finances allow uh, is always a good idea now uh, i'd say 99 percent of the time in these liability claims it is the limits of the insurance coverage that are going to provide a backdrop of what we think of as being able to be recovered in a claim. And one reason for this is personal injury uh, that is not intentional is subject to bankruptcy. So it is possible that if you uh, only have a minimal amount of coverage, that your minimal coverage pays on the claim. And then if they would attempt to come and get more, that there's a bankruptcy backstop there that that would uh, hit the brakes on the entirety of the proceedings pretty quickly. But if you do have personal assets, um, that's the reason why you would want more coverage to protect yourself in case the worst happens. Oh, dear. Oh, well, this – yikes. <laughs> Get good insurance coverage uh, and uh, carry uninsured motorist coverage. That is always uh, my – recommendation and uh, you, you can call and thank me later and uh, Mississippi uh, has a very positive consumer friendly law in this area that uh, the coverage is allowed by uninsured coverage and for your family members who live with you uh, they're broad and it is uh, good coverage the uninsured and underinsured motorist coverage and I know from uh, my work with Money Talks, uh, you need to review your insurance periodically and even shop around because it, hardly ever will your insurance company reduce your premiums. But if you go to a different one, uh, they might you, you might get a, a better deal by shopping around. It would probably uh, be newsworthy if insurance rates went down in any particular year. Uh, it, I don't. I don't think it has happened in recorded history. Uh, so uh, you, you expect a bump, and the best thing you can do is shop around every few years uh, on your insurance coverage. We are so very grateful when busy attorneys take time to join us on our show. Baskin Jones has helped us out before. I'll tell you when next. Thank you for being part of In Legal Terms. If you have missed any of our program, you can listen to the whole show from the MPB Think Radio YouTube channel. And I love that our, the YouTube channel will transcribe what we're saying. The kids these days all use a closed captioning and they have the, the audio muted. So this way you can watch us 
well, you can't watch us. You can have the show on YouTube, but then read what we're saying. But it's also available on the MPB Public Media app, which our newest feature has a talk to us. You can go to uh, our menu and click talk to us, and you can send an audio or a video question to our shows. Our host is Professor Richard Gershon from the University of Mississippi School of Law. I'm Liz Gill. At 11 a.m. Central on Tuesdays following our over-the-air broadcast, you can hear Southern Remedies Relatively Speaking with Dr. Susan Buttress on MPB Think Radio. And for some reason, I do not think she will be talking about insurance or collisions today, but but who knows? She has a very wide-ranging thing, a group of topics that she covers. We really appreciate our guest, Attorney Baskin-Jones, coming in today to discuss insurance and, and specifically car wrecks. He's been so generous with his time in the past. You can find his podcasts on August 9th of 2022. He also talked about insurance. January 18th of 22, he talked about subpoenas. July of 2021, we talked about what happens when you turned 18 in Mississippi. And in January of 21, we talked about cycling and insurance. All these links will be on our website, inlegalterms.mpbonline.org. Rebecca from Fulton, you've been waiting so patiently. Thank you so much. Uh, We'd love to welcome you to In Legal Terms. Good morning. Good morning. Um, yes, I was just going, uh, I was in a wreck back in the day when I was young and stupid. And, and I, uh, I, there was a car that was in front of me that hit someone and, and then I, and then I hit him and the guy in front of me tried to tell the police that I was responsible for the wreck. And, but anyway, so, but but uh, the physics of it shows that I was not that I was not the one that was primarily responsible. I did have some um, I did have some liability there, but um, but he was more, he lied to the police and told them that I was responsible, and I and and the officer didn't give me a ticket. But I, I just just need to say that the physics of it showed that I was that what was true. That, that is a good point. You know, in the moment, right after a wreck, your mind is probably going a hundred different directions. And uh, it is hard to remember that, you know, a photo of your vehicle and the position that it was in when it came to rest, the photos of the damage, picture of the other driver's tag, all this information could be uh, very important later. You know, we're, we're focused on different things right after a wreck and our adrenaline is going. Uh, and that plays into the getting uh, checked out, that you might not be sure exactly uh, what is going on with your body because of that adrenaline. And it could be that going ahead and getting checked out, reporting you know, what is hurting, what is aching, uh, that day makes sense. We, we recommend it. But the next day, uh, if, if you have to... Uh, the question becomes in this documentation, uh, where's the information? What is party one saying? What is party two saying? So you want to be clear in how you communicate about how the wreck happened 
as well as come with some documentation, come with your photos, come with uh, any eyewitness that might be there. But gathering that information early, it might seem like a lot of heavy lifting, and it is a lot of heavy lifting, but that's why attorneys that do what we do exist, and we are here to help, uh, and especially if it feels overwhelming. There's uh, odds stacked against you and for the insurance company in all sorts of categories. So, uh, But document, that I think is the, the lesson here. But uh, thank you for calling in, and so happy to speak with you this morning. Thank you, Rebecca. Now, um, of course, you know, before the show, uh, Baskin Jones and I were talking. Uh, mention what you told me about the dash cams. Right. So we've seen uh, an uptick in uh, drivers protecting themselves and having their own dash cam. When the technology first came out, it would only be 18-wheeler drivers that would be using these devices. But uh, now, they're very inexpensive. I think I saw that Walmart had a lower quality dash cam on sale for something like $10 that you could buy yourself a insurance policy on top of your insurance policy that shows definitively that uh, how exactly this wreck occurred. That is powerful evidence uh, either direction to show exactly what happened in a wreck to show that the force involved in the wreck was substantial and to show uh, that you were not at fault. So uh, we recommend that a dash cam can be a very useful thing. It's a way of thinking outside of the box. And as an added bonus, if your car does not have a backup camera, often these dash cams include a backup camera kit with them so that you can see exactly what's behind you as you are backing out uh, in your driveway or at the store. Well, we have just a few minutes left. Um, one thing that you, one of your previous appearances, you did talk about cycling. And unfortunately, cars are much bigger than bicycles. So in the, give us some uh, I- advice or what's the treatment of uh, bicycles and pedestrians in cars? Right. Well, uh, we have a new set of laws in Mississippi. They're uh, Maybe it's beyond the point that I can call them new anymore, but uh, the three-foot-to-pass rule is an important rule for cyclists and bicyclists that uh, to recognize that they are uh, their own entity on the roadway. They have a right to be on the roadway just as much as they have a right to be on a bike path. And uh, when you pass them, you need to give them at least three feet of space as you do pass them. We see a lot of rearview mirrors clipping bicyclists and you're right when uh when a two-ton vehicle clips a bicyclist and they uh, leave their bike uh, the injuries can be very substantial and in mississippi now uh, there's also penalties for the driver that uh, even in the best intentions uh, might have additional liability as a result of uh, this treatment of a bicyclist and I know um, I've okay. I, I watch TikTok, and a lot of people have said that in other countries they don't have the right turn on red options. So, yay! If you're a driver, that's an exciting thing to be able to do. But also, I think is that how a lot of pedestrian accidents happen? It can be um, that you know pedestrians should be. Uh, 
considered at all times. You know, we we all had the driver's ed moment where I think in driver's ed they teach you to be aware of pedestrians by talking about children. If you're driving through a neighborhood, you don't know uh, when a child is going to run across the street. That's normal for a child, and the child might not be thinking about uh, cars in the roadway. But as a driver, anticipating these uh, issues, anticipating pedestrians where they might be, and driving in such a way that you can safely come to a, a stop, if a child does dart from behind a car, uh, you are driving in such a way that you are in control of your vehicle. Thank you so much. Any last-minute tips for us on insurance and driving and wrecks? I think I'll, I'll be a broken record here. Uh, the uninsured and underinsured motorist coverage available to drivers in Mississippi is, uh, in a high percentage of the cases I work on, the saving grace. You know, the uh, other driver was not carrying enough insurance, and the fact that you were forward-thinking – and purchased a good policy for yourself and for your family makes all the difference even when the worst happens. Thank you. Thank you, Baskin Jones, for being our guest today. We really appreciate you taking time out of your schedule to join us. Glad to be here. Thank you. That's going to wrap us up for today's In Legal Terms. Our team consists of board engineer Jay White and Jermaine Flood was our call screener. She is also our fantastic podcast producer. So for Professor Richard Gershon, who hosts from the University of Mississippi School of Law, I'm Liz Gill. Join us next Tuesday at 10 a.m. Central for In Legal Terms on MPB Think Radio. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand.